0: Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Hey y'all, welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. I'm Patti Holiday, your head fangirl in charge, and this is the Monday Movie Minute for July 29th. Now, every Monday, we talk about the movies, what came out, what we saw last week, and what's happening at the box office. This week, I got back to the theater. (laughs) Last week, I I didn't. (laughs) There was way too much going on um, that kept me at home. But this week, I saw three movies in the box office, and I liked each of them in different ways for different reasons. And when I tell you the names of the movies, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that's a total random assortment of <laughs> movies to go see. But hey, I like it all. I, I like I like the variety, I guess. Uh, okay, so this week we are talking about Crawl, The Farewell, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But first, we're going to talk about Box Office. In the number one spot, again, is The Lion King. Uh, number two is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood which actually had over 40 million dollars uh, out in the opening weekend, which is the biggest for a Quentin Tarantino movie. And we'll talk about we'll talk about Tarantino here in a minute and, and why why this matters. Uh, Spider-Man far from home is in the third spot. Toy Story 4 is in the fourth spot crawl yesterday, Aladdin Stuber. Annabelle comes home and then guys in the number 10 spot is the farewell. I think this is huge. I think this is huge, and I'll and I'll tell you why. The farewell was only out in 135 theaters nationwide. That's that's not a lot. You're not going to find this movie in every single theater. You you might have to if you want to go see it. You're going to have to look around. I think that's changing. I think they are actually opening to a wider amount of theaters uh, this week. But it's been interesting because they did a very slow build. Like I think first it was in a handful of theaters. I mean there I live in the wa- greater Washington DC area and there was nothing around me when this movie first opened. I couldn't see it. I uh, had to wait until this weekend where it opened up uh, to someplace that was my, my normal theater. So interesting, interesting. but uh, I think that's I think that's because this one's getting a lot of buzz and uh, I'll get into the into the why. but first we're gonna start with crawl uh, and that's because it's been out the longest. Now, personally, I wasn't sure I wanted to even see this movie uh, because it's been I've heard it was described as Jaws in a basement. And guys, I just don't do sharks. (laughs) I don't like sharks. It's a whole it's a whole long story. And uh, I have issues. I have issues with Jaws. And I'm not even joking. I'm not exaggerating. I really just, I can't do sharks. So, and and gators, while they're not sharks, they have a lot of the same properties, (laughs) you know, big teeth, jumping at you, trying to kill you, you know, just those things. I just, I don't do gators really either. Um, They kind of freak me out. They are a very interesting species. And uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't like them. Anyway, so I wasn't sure how I felt about going into this one. But It was a slow Tuesday. I had my AMC A-list movies to use. So I went ahead and saw it. And, you know, guys, it wasn't terrible. I mean, there's definitely worse movies out right now. There is a full parent movie review on noguiltfangirl.com if you want to go check that out and see if this is something you or your family is interested in seeing. Uh, I will tell you this, though, to sum it up. It's, uh, it's not that much language, which surprised me because if there were killer gators swarming my rapidly flooding house, I am going to let all the F-bombs fly all over the place and feel no guilt about that at all because, yeah, gators swimming through my house trying to eat me, mm, you can bet some words are going to be said, (laughs) um, as far as uh, kids and family and just kind of give you an idea there's there's no sex there's no no nudity there's a lot of jump scares the biggest issue is obviously going to be the violence and the gore because it's got some moments of massive ew going on uh, i mean five gators one man crazy overhead shot you get the idea um yeah uh so like i said you know there's worse there's worse out there and i would totally let my my two older teens go see this one if they wanted to it's an interesting story it's an interesting it tries to also be a a family dynamic story between a daughter and and her dad and and kind of what has gone on with them growing up and their estrangements um but that definitely takes a backseat to what this is about, which is gators in your face like all the time. <laughs> uh, the repetition of, of fights, I guess, was my my biggest issue, but I'm really not sure how you can make fighting off a gator new every single time, especially when you're confined in a crawl space for like most of the movie. Um, also, the ending is like super abrupt, You get your ending, you get your scene, and then it fades to black and you hear, see you later, alligator. Like, that's the song that they play at the end, which, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Ha, they're so cute. Oh, but I did not get that song out of my head for hours afterwards. (laughs) And neither will you. All right, but overall, I'd give it a a six to a generous seven on a scale of one to ten. It wasn't bad. I was mostly entertained, mostly entertained. Now, on to The Farewell. This is Aquafina's family drama that I've actually been looking forward to for a few weeks. I know I've mentioned it uh, on previous episodes. I saw the trailer; it brought me almost to tears, and I was so surprised because I adore Aquafina in her comedic roles. And this one, it, I mean, she has she gets a, a couple of small, <laughs> you know, laughs, but she's not. It's not a comedy, absolutely not a comedy, and she's not playing a funny character. So it's very different for her. Um, it opened, like I said earlier, in just you know one or two theaters. Exaggeration, I'm sure it was more than that, but you know, not very many. And then finally, it opened up wider. And look, it made the top ten in box office this weekend, which I just think that's crazy. I think it's cool. So, what is this movie about? Uh, Billy, she is Aquafina. She is a struggling young adult in New York City. I think she's like right around 30s is is what her mom mentions at one point. Um, she's in New York City. She struggles with money, with her career, with school, you know, all of those things. She also has um, her parents, her Chinese immigrant parents live in the same city with her, and she visits them as a good child would, of course, to get her laundry done and have her mom cook her <laughs> cook her meals. Um but you know, there's there's also that tension there you can tell um, with being the only child, you know, to to these parents. and but there's also love. There's also clearly they they all love each other. Families, you know, were complicated that way. So, The biggest issue here, though, is that the family gets rocked uh, with this news about their nene, the the, the grandma, over in China. She's sick. She has maybe three months left to live. Uh, The family is going to gather to say goodbye, but they're not going to actually tell her that she's dying. So they're coming for a wedding, and they let her plan the wedding and celebrate this marriage the whole time, nobody is saying anything about what, why they're all really there. And it, it, I think they said it's been twenty five years since the whole family has been together. So yeah, it's it's a big momentous occasion, and it's it's really heavy because everyone's uncomfortable and everyone is sad. But they're supposed to be there for this happy wedding, and so it's a very it's very odd. It's 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 an interesting. Um, Interesting. I mean, you know, when the first thing that you see on screen when this movie opens it says that this is based on an actual lie, Um, because apparently this is very common, this is something that that happens uh, in the East, is the family burdens themselves with the news of cancer or somebody dying, rather than burdening the, the, the patient, because that They're taking that role on. They're they're gonna take that burden off, and they just don't. So they don't tell. They don't tell them if they're that sick, which is fascinating. Fascinating. Now, Billy and her father. To an extent, um, her father's—you know, he, he he doesn't go against the family, and he does say, "Billy, I can't go against the family." But um, they are the the two that that have internal conflicts and fight with this Chinese custom to keep the news of her illness from from their grandma, from the from the dad's mom. Uh, in China, it's it's you know, like I said, it's a good thing for the family to carry it, and um, they 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 both. Are very conflicted about that the entire time. Uh, in the East, you're part of a of a whole, uh, of a family, of of a society. It's it's you know you are part of the whole. Where you know in the West, our life belongs to ourselves, right? So it's just a very. Very different way of thinking, and there's that conflict there. Now, the question is, should your kids go see this movie? Is this something that I can say as a parent movie review that is it safe for kids? Uh, Will they like it? That sort of thing. Now, absolutely It's kid-friendly in the sense of my usual criteria. I think it's got one swear word, which I didn't even catch, but my friend who was next to me watching the movie said she heard it. Um, So one swear word, whatever. Uh, No sex, no violence, no nudity. Um, You know, nothing like to shield your kid from except the death of the grandma, right? The the sadness and the heaviness and that they're all lying to this grandma. Um, There is a lot of drinking and smoking However, so if you don't, you know, like your family to see that, that is in this movie. Um, Yeah, so the whole family, you know, decides to basically lie to the grandma and shield her from the fact that she's going through this. So it's safe for your kids to see it on on those levels. But at the same time, do they need to see it? Do they want to see it? I'm going to lean towards no, unless you have a very... I don't know. A very, you know your child, know your know your know your kid, but I put it in perspective with my two chi- my two oldest children, my two youngest children. There's no way they would be bored out of their minds. They would have no interest in this. Um, in addition, you either need to know Mandarin Chinese or you need to be able to read um, to even understand the movie because it's subtitled for like ninety percent of this movie. So that's the other thing. I I don't know why I was surprised that it was basically all in in Chinese but I wasn't I wasn't prepared uh, again very American American of me I assumed Aquafina that that it would be more English but it's not it's absolutely not it's it's in Chinese with a little bit of English thrown in so keep that in mind too my two older kids I don't think my son would really have any interest in it if I made him sit and watch it he'd be like all right I'll watch it but I, he wouldn't this is not something he would choose my daughter would probably just be a puddle of tears the entire time because she's such an empath and she she would be Billy. She would just be so upset that we aren't, like we aren't telling grandma, we aren't helping grandma, why aren't we helping grandma? You know, The family is helping grandma, but they're helping her in their way, not our way. Uh, so overall, I'm gonna skip it for my family because I, I just, I don't think they would en- enjoy it as an entertainment source at this point in time. But I can see my daughter watching it later and really liking it and really liking it. There's just not a lot of action at all that goes on. It's, it's pretty mellow. And, you know, there's kind of this overall sadness, obviously, that courses through the entire movie. So while I can't say that this movie is for kids, I will say it is a family movie. It will teach you and make you think about your own family dynamic and what would you do in a situation like this. And, uh, you know, it was it was an interesting discussion to have um, afterward with my friend, how our families would respond to this. And... Um, yeah, so I mean it, it, there's definitely a lot to talk about from this movie and I and I do do like it, but I, I'd say go see it adults but probably keep the kids at home. All right, and finally, the biggest movie of the weekend, Uh, and I got a little obsessed with it. I I will admit, so you can tell already, I really liked it because when I like something, that's what I do. I get obsessed with it. I've been thinking about it all weekend long. I've been talking about it all weekend long, and this is the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is Quentin Tarantino's uh, ninth movie, I think. And I don't know a lot about Quentin Tarantino in the sense that I don't. I'm not a big fan. I don't I don't follow him super, super closely. But I, I my understanding is this is a big deal because he's going to only do 10 and then he's retiring or something along those lines. So we don't have a lot left with, with Quentin out there. But I will say overall, as somebody who does not care for the most part for the things that he does in his movies, I really liked this movie. I loved Pulp Fiction, but I saw that when I was way much younger. Uh, and I just remember it being such a crazy pants movie. But the the things that were crazy about it is also what made me uncomfortable enough that I, I saw it twice and then I, I will never see that movie again. <laughs> it's brilliant. I remember all that and it still sticks with me. A lot of those scenes are still with me, which says a lot about the power of that movie. But it's just not the form of entertainment that I enjoy anymore. So I went into Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with a little bit of reservation. However, I love Hollywood. I love old Hollywood. I love the 60s and 70s of Hollywood. I I had to see this movie just even for the visuals and for the locations and the, the time, time period setting of it all. I was in love with it from that aspect almost from the beginning. Almost from the beginning. So um, this one is... You know, I'd say it's equal parts like super Tarantino with some of his signature things that he puts in the film. Like apparently showing women's feet is a Tarantino thing. Ew. It's their dirty feet like all over the place. There's a lot of scenes like that. It's gross and dumb. But if you are a Quentin Tarantino person, you know this. If you accept it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, there are feet, of course, in this movie. But it's also kind of non-Tarantino-ish in the sense that The other movies that I have seen of his had a lot more violence throughout the entire movie. And it's always shocking and it's always, you know, very graphic. This one really didn't have much. There's some fights, but nothing super out of, you know, super crazy out of the ordinary until the last 20-ish, 30-ish minutes or so of the movie. And then it rocks and rolls and it's very... It's insane. It's insane, guys. It's absolutely insane. But up until then, I would say I was surprised. The whole time I kept thinking, where's this movie going? What is happening? I wasn't bored. I wasn't annoyed. I just I just couldn't see like, you know, the point. Like where were we getting to the whole point of this? And then finally, bam, there it was. (laughs) When it happens, it happens fast and it rocks and rolls. And it was mind-blowing and it was crazy. So What is this movie about? Um, It's 1969 in Hollywood, and that's the setting of this film. Um, Rick Dalton, which is Leonardo DiCaprio, is a has-been star of Westerns, and he has a stunt double who is also his BFF, uh, and his name is Cliff Booth, and that's played by Brad Pitt. They're basically coming to terms with the fact that their Hollywood careers, as they once knew it, you know, is over. They're, they're not changing with the times. They are still stuck, kind of in this past. A cliff has accepted it way more easily than uh, poor Rick Dalton, who is really struggling with this whole idea. Rick lives up in the, the up in Hollywood, and his neighbor happens to be Sharon Tate. Now, here's the thing: if you're like, "Who's Sharon Tate? I don't know who Sharon Tate is," then. Do a little Google, do a little research, find out before you go see this movie. Otherwise, it will make no sense to you. You will think it's stupid. You won't get why so many of us are so blown away by this story. You do need to know a little bit about her history and about the Manson family. Charles Manson. Okay. You don't need to know the details. Uh, this is this is not a Manson family movie. It's not you know all about that. But they do factor in to this story. And so if you know a little bit about it, you're going to be way less confused and you'll understand the brilliance, I guess, of all of this. Um, so you know at least know who they were, what they were, what crimes were were committed, Uh, hint, hint, Sharon Tate, Uh, and, and, and go from there, okay? That being said, as I've talked about this a little bit, you know, is this something that is okay for kids? I would absolutely let my oldest son see this one without reservation. I actually brought him downstairs after I saw the movie. I came in the house and I was like, hey, I got a question for you. Do you know who Charles Manson was? And he knew a little bit, He doesn't know details because he's 16. He did know the basics. And so knowing that, I was like, if for some reason he wanted to see this, I would probably let him see it. I would probably let him see it. On the scale of things, there's a ton of language. There is a, there's sex that's talked about, but nothing visual, no nudity, um, nothing like that on, on. The scene, but you do, they do talk about sex a lot. Lots of language, and probably only the last 20 minutes are is that crazy violent third act uh that does happen. I would be willing to accept that if he if he really wanted to go see it. He he shrugged his shoulders at me like I like he didn't care. So I don't think we're gonna have that problem. But I would probably let them go. Most people probably would not. This is definitely a rated R. It's Tarantino, of course it's rated R, but that's just where I was in this. The acting in this movie was fantastic. Leo and Pitt and Robbie were all mesmerizing. I enjoyed all three actors, and I and I can't say that I am a huge fan of any of them. I am not one of those people that love everything that Brad Pitt does. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. Leo DiCaprio, for the most part, I like I like most things that he does, but I'm not, again, I'm not one of those... I love Leo. You know, I'm not a Stan. But in this movie, I thought all three of them uh, were, were really great. And Margot Robbie made Sharon Tate this very likable, very adorable, very sweet character. I have no idea if that's what she was really like, but I was rooting for her, which I think is also on purpose and is what made what happens there at the end, this this crazy, mind-blowing <laughs> thing. I could even see a lot of nominations coming out when award season rolls around for these three characters, all three of them. I, I can see it. I can see it. Now, this movie is long, uh, and the pacing is problematic. For the first two hours, it, there's absolutely you know, moments of boredom. I, I wrote down in my parent movie review, which is also on NoGuiltFangirl.com, I always write down like when you can pee during movies because I think that's important. There's a lot of places where you can get up and go and you're not missing too much in this movie because because it's just so long and, and kind of slow. Uh, it was funny in parts, but there are some racial punchlines that I think were put in for the purpose of getting a laugh and, you know, they weren't there to serve any real purpose or to make you think or to be ironic even. I don't know. I think they were just there to get a laugh and they got a laugh in my theater, which I was super uncomfortable with and I didn't love. I could have done without those parts of the movie. Look, I know it's set in the 60s. I know people talked a lot differently back then. Uh, Leo's character is actually an actor who plays in these movies that are set in the 1800s and they're westerns. And so they're even farther set back in, in our PC ways. But it's just, I don't know, it's just not a good look in 2019 to repeat those lines for laughs in my point of view. All right, so there is this full movie review on the blog for this one. Plus, I added a list of all the Hollywood cameos. Think movies, actors, locations. It's it's a big list. It's a long list. But if you're curious about who was what and what was going on, that's also a a very Tarantino thing as he tucks these Easter eggs, I guess, um, into movies, as well as he reuses a lot of his actors that that he likes to work with um, in some of these movies. And you'll... You'll pick up what those are if you are a Tarantino um, fan. If you've seen all the other movies, you will. You'll pick them up much more easily. If you're more like me, where I've seen a few, but I'm not, I want to consider myself a fan, uh, I had to go back and, and find find them all because uh, it was it was interesting. It was definitely interesting. So I I thought it was a good movie. I liked all three. I liked all three this week. All right. That is, that's it. That's all I've got for Monday Movie Minute this week. There are new podcast episodes. Yes, I said plural episodes coming on Thursday. Um, It's going to be another one of my little mini series of episodes that I put out. It's a four-part series talking about the four parks at Walt Disney World. This is not a how to tour these parks. This is us fangirling what we love about each distinct park at Walt Disney World Resort. We are going to talk about each one of them separately and, um, I don't know. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to to have these discussions with uh, people who feel very strongly about a specific part for different reasons. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and throw those five star reviews up there. I really appreciate it. And we actually had a couple of uh, reviews that that came in over uh, this last week, and I just wanted to tell you guys I do read them, and I really appreciate you taking that that extra time to to give give that feedback. I, I think it does help other fangirls maybe find us a little bit. So I see there's one here from Dawn. I see there's one here from at Twisted Lime. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. And let me know if there's anything else I can I can fangirl for you. (laughs) I will warn you guys though for the probably this next month we're gonna be pretty Disney heavy because D23 Expo is coming up and if you want to know a little bit about D23 Expo there is an episode from last week that you can go go find and listen to that talks a little bit about that but what D23 Expo is short version is it is the big Disney fan con like you know it's like Comic-Con for Disney fans right and all the movies all the TV news all of the Disney parks news all basically all of the things that Patty loves are going to be discussed at this three-day event. And I'm going to be there, and I'm so excited about it. (laughs) So just a warning, I I have a few episodes um, that that we're going to come up leading up into it, and then probably while I'm there, I am going to try to put out some immediate information for those that are following along at home. I hope you will. And uh, all right, guys, that's it. That's it. I am going to go ahead and sign off. Thanks for fangirling with me on the No Guilt Fangirls podcast. Hope you'll be back to fangirl with us again real soon.